Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Hallelujah. Glory to God. John chapter 14. Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. We're talking about walking in power. Walking in power. Now, I didn't expect to go where I'm going, but this is where the Lord has taken me. When, I, when the Lord gave me this series, I, I'm thinking mainly about, you know, miracles and signs and wonders, but the Lord has had me on this particular aspect of it, and, and I can fathom, I can understand, I can discern why. Think about this for a second. Human beings have three major areas of problems. Almost every major problem human beings have fall into one of these three areas. One, money. Am I right? Yeah. One, money. And by the way, rich people have money problems. They get overextended, they get invested in some business, sometimes they're threatened with losing it all. Rich people have money problems. Poor people have obviously have money problems. So number one is money. Number two, relationships. Husbands and wives, parents and children, friends, colleagues at work, you name it, relationship problems are the number two area that people have issues. Amen? Uh, 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 you know, two people fighting over how to raise children and, or, or, or two partners fighting over what to do with the money in their business. Uh, two brothers, two sisters fighting over some issue with regard to their parents or re, you name it, but relationship problems. Anybody, am I, am I on target so far? Everybody in here has had money problems. Everybody's in here had relationship problems. You know how I know that? Because you're human. You're human. And here's the third big one, health problems. Health problems. Those are the three biggies. Now, now look, you can, you can think of issues that might arise. Um, you know, you might say, well, you know, I, I've got a problem with school. The likelihood that your problem with school is probably a problem, it might likely be a problem with money. How am I gonna pay my tuition? Or maybe a problem with your professor, relationship, amen? Amen. Amen. So, so those are the three biggies. Saints money is a big problem. It is a big problem for most people. And God has the answer. God has the answer to the money question. And you know, as the Lord brought me back to this, he was reminding me, I need to come back to the strength of this. Because, you know, you get into a pattern and you kind of settle into that. I told you all before, so Sister Jackson and I, we don't give a tithe. We give exceedingly more than a tithe. And we kind of settle into that. I just do that so that I don't even think about it. I just do it. But, you know, you can sort of settle into something. And before you know it, you're, you're, not, a, you're not really applying faith to it anymore. You're just kind of doing it by habit, you know, just doing it by habit. 
and you always want to remember, wait a minute, this is a faith commitment, and you want to sow your seed, and we're going to come to this purposefully. Purposefully. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, we're talking about walking in power. We said there are four things, four things that identified those who followed Jesus Christ. Number one, they were identified with him. Number two, they were relentless. Number three, they were courageous. And number four, what? They walked in power. They were not weak. They were not impotent. They were people of power. Every time, since I've been preaching this series, every time I confront a problem, I find myself coming back to this thinking, now wait a minute, Lord, that's not a big issue. That's not a big problem. We're supposed to be walking in power. We can deal with that thing. Amen? Amen. When I got the news that Minister Rosa was in the hospital, that was the first thing that came to mind. Lord, we're walking in power. We can defeat that thing. Amen? Because we know all problems have ultimately come from Satan. All problems ultimately have come from him because he's the causer of problems. Amen? He's the cause of problems. All right. When we ended last time, we were talking about supernatural prosperity, and the Lord has brought me back to this. God wants you to prosper, but he wants you to prosper supernaturally. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say prosper supernaturally, that doesn't mean that God is going to drop $20 bills on you from the sky. Because God is going to use human means and earthly means to bless you, but the source and the cause is going to be supernatural. Or for the believer, it ought to be. Amen? Amen. It ought to be. Now, we looked at this parable in Luke 12. We're not going back to it right now, but the unjust steward. And, and just to, to complete that thought, remember, the man was being put out of his job because he had been a thief. He was basically using his master's money for himself. You know, probably lollygagging, having a good old time. We, we, this, this much we know. We know that he wasn't putting it aside. He was just playing with it because when he found out he was going to lose his job, what did he say? Oh, I can't, I can't dig. I, I, how am I going to earn a living now? So he didn't have any money. He wasn't even smart enough. If he was going to steal it, he wasn't even smart enough to put it aside for himself. So what did he do? He said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, how much do you owe my master? A hundred denarii. Write 50. How much do you owe him? You write this much. How much do you owe him? And the master commended him. Now, you know, you think, now, wait a minute. <laughs> he, just, he just fired him for wasting his goods. Now, why is he commending him? What is Jesus trying to teach us here? Because he finally figured out, if I want to prosper, I've got to help others prosper. If I want to prosper, I've got to give to others. If I want to prosper, I've got to help others. I've got to help things make, hap make, help make things happen for other people. If I want to prosper. See, and, and what did Jesus say? Jesus said, you know something? The children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. You know what he meant? He meant they practice principles that will work in people's lives and the people the principles were made for don't do it. That's what he was saying. This man... He, this parable of this man, this man is unregenerate, this man is ungodly, but this man is putting a principle to work that was made for the children of God, and the children of God don't use it. That's what he was saying. He was putting a supernatural principle in place that was going to help him. That's why the unjust, that is the, why his master commended the unjust steward. Say, so you have done wisely. <laughs> 
You finally figured it out, didn't you? You know, my granddaddy used to have a saying, I never met the man, but my father passed it down to me. He said, a tight fist won't let anything get out, but it won't let anything get in either. It's the same principle. Holding and hoarding, I gotta have this, and I gotta have that, and I need so much, and I need so much, and all you're doing is sowing the seeds of your own financial destruction. All right. Let's go to, um, actually, that wasn't Luke chapter 12 that I mentioned to be. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 now. Luke chapter 12. And let's look at this. We're going to read verses 16 through 31. See, because God wants us to prosper supernaturally. Now, by the way, I just said you get into a habit. Now, look, our giving has blessed us. Don't get me wrong. It has blessed us. But every now and then you got to come back to this re reminder. Okay, Lord, I'm not giving by rote. I'm not giving by habit. I'm giving by faith. Read this with me. 16 through 31, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, first thing I want you to notice, did he say it was wrong for this man to be rich? No. Nope. Did he say this man had too much? No. Nope. He said the man lost it all because he laid up treasure for himself, but he was not rich toward God. See, people think riches are a problem. Riches are not the problem. The heart is the problem, and what you see those riches what you see the purpose of those riches as. What you see those riches as being for, amen? This man had one thing in mind, himself. Same principle as with the unjust steward. Same principle, me, 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 me. And ended up with nothing. Now see, this is a truth also in the earthly realm. Because you know, there are people who are vastly wealthy who lose it all. It's happened many, many times. You think, well, somebody gets so rich they can't lose it all. Yes, they can. Believe me, they can. See, because for one thing, not only can you be separated from, that is, not only can your money be separated from you, but you can be separated from your money. Because let me tell you something. When Bill Gates dies, he's going to be just as poor as the poorest person in an anonymous plot somewhere. You know, you remember the, the, somebody said, said this guy, they saw this big funeral going by, and man, they had flowers, 25 uh, of limousines with flowers, and they knew it was one of the wealthiest men in town. The guy saw him going by, said, man, look at that. He was, he, was, he was really rich, wasn't he? He said, man, how much do you think he left? And the guy said, every dime of it. Every, he ain't taking none of it with him. <laughs> 
Whatever he had, his, he doesn't have it anymore. Amen? Amen. Amen. But that's, that can happen on an earthly basis too. When we are, are selfish and not rich toward God. So, the, so if you want to prosper in God, you want to prosper supernaturally, don't be selfish. Don't see the purpose of prosperity as the bless me club. Just, just, just me, just me. You know, I, I want this, I want that, I want a Bentley, I want a, I want a ma mansion, I want this. I, you know, no, no, no. See it as, well, wait a minute, Lord, my first responsibility is to bless your kingdom, to bless your business. So you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business, amen? amen. All right, now look, read on. Um, well, let me, let me say this. I want to give you a new insight into an old scripture. A new insight into an old scripture. Uh, or maybe I should say a new insight into a scripture that you are very familiar with. Let's put it that way. Amen? I say, oh, I mean, you know, something that you, you hear people quote over and over and over and over and over again. Let me give you a new, new insight into it. So go to the 26th, that is the 22nd verse. It says, now remember what we just read, right? Now this is, this, is, this is Luke's version. Luke gives us, we read this in Matthew chapter six, but Luke gives us a, a more complete picture of all that Jesus said with regard to this. So go to verse 20, 22, it says, then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you. Now, you know, hold on, one, one, one famous evangelist used to say, when you see a therefore, you ought to take note what it's there for. In other words, it's a connection to what just went before it, right? In other words, you don't just read this on its own, you go back and say, okay, based on what Jesus just said to us, now he's saying, in light of that, listen to this, okay? Let's start again, it says, then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on, Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat, or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. He said that parable, then he said, now therefore, now here's insight you need to gain. Number one, the man's motivation for all of this was his own security, his own security. I can't give anything away. You know, what, what if something goes wrong? What am I going to eat? What am I going to have? Where, where, where am I going to live? What if something goes wrong? He's holding on, trying to build his security based on material things. Because Jesus, he says, therefore I say to you, don't be anxious. Don't be like that man. Don't be a fool like he is. Because look, he's all caught up in taking care of himself. Jesus said, no, 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 look. 
He said the, the birds don't have to do that. He says they don't sow or reap. He's not talking about sowing or reaping seed. He's talking about they don't work. They don't work. He said, and God feeds them. And how, um, how much more value are you? He said, look at the lilies of the field. They don't toil or spin. They don't work. He said, and yet even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now look, I am not saying, and neither is Jesus saying that you shouldn't work, because the Bible makes clear that you should. But here's what he's saying. Don't let your security be based on work. Don't think that's how I live. I live by working. No, you live, the Bible says, to just live by faith. And your work is simply an extension of that faith. It's a, it's a, it's a means God has provided for you to gain seed. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's not your source. It's not your ultimate livelihood. Because listen, you can lose a job anytime. If your faith is in your job, you know, there are people who've lost jobs and lost money and jumped off buildings because they couldn't see any way out because they were so focused, so intent on this is my livelihood, this is how I live, this is who I am. When that went, they went. So Jesus said, don't be like that. He says, look, for all these things the nation of the world seek after, they're anxious. They gotta have it, gotta have more, gotta have more, gotta have more, gotta get it. In fact, I spoke to a group of students at a school, and I won't mention the school, um, not too long ago, and there was a young man there, and he kept asking ethical questions because they knew that I had been a lawyer and practiced law, and that I'm a minister, and this is what his questions always came, came, come down to. But how can you really be in business and make money and be honest too? Yep, he kept coming back to that same question. I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize, you, you know, those two don't really go together. And if, if you're going to make money, you just have to make money and, and, you know, leave all those nice ethical questions to somebody else. Wrong. Amen. Wrong. That's exactly what the unjust steward was doing. He was basically looking out for himself and lost it all. No, what the Bible says here is what? Seek the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. In light of the therefore, it's clear that Jesus, when he says, seek the kingdom of God, he's saying, put your financial security in that. Not in that job, not in that business. Put your financial security in the kingdom of God. And then everything else you need will come to you. God will bring it to you. Amen. See, because that's going to provide for you supernaturally. How many people in the graveyard right now work themselves to death trying to get rich? You know how many people are in the mental institutions right now? Nervous breakdowns trying to get rich, trying to make more, trying to figure out a way to get it done. No, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Because what, what are they? An anxious mind. Do you know the mind was never made to operate apart from God? And when people, you know, just try to go crazy, the book of Ecclesiastes said it, said, Says uh, uh, of, 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 of many books, there are no end. In other words, you can just try, you know, people go crazy. You know how many children, you know how many young people over the years have jumped out of windows and killed themselves at Harvard University? Oh, yeah. Couldn't handle the pressure of all of that study. Now, I realize they may have had problems of, of, of various kinds. But my point is the mind was never made to operate apart from the kingdom of God and apart from faith in God. The mind was meant to be submitted to him. 
and to be exercised according to his leadership and his guidance and not full of anxiety and pressure and fear and, oh, what's going to happen to me? And what if this happens? And what if that happens? I mean, that's the devil. And, and you know what the devil wants to do? The devil wants to drive you crazy. If he can't kill you, he wants to drive you crazy. Because then you're of no use to God. So he figures if he can just drive you just out of your gore, then, you know, he's put you on the sidelines. You're done. But no, we're not supposed to be anxious about all that stuff. Amen. We're supposed to seek the kingdom of God. Now, if you think of what Jesus has already said here, it says, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. That word added means will be given to you and more and increased to you and more. So everything you need is in the kingdom of God. It's not in your job, amen? amen? Your job has an appropriate purpose. It's like I tell you about medical doctors and medicine. It has an appropriate purpose, but you use it with wisdom and discernment and prayer so that you don't let doctors make decisions for you. Well, you don't let money make decisions for you. You let the spirit of God make decisions for you, amen? And then and let the money follow the word and follow the spirit rather than you following the money and trying to make the word and the spirit conform to what you have to think you have to do in order to get money. Praise God. Now, I, I said, I think last time or maybe the time before, you know, spiritual matters operate according to law, saints. They're not loosey-goosey, oh, you know, you just never know and... You know, and look, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does, but they're a mystery to the world, not to us. The spiritual world is more orderly than, the, than the, the natural world because the natural world has been polluted by sin and the spiritual world, the world of the spirit that God and the Holy Spirit operate in is perfect. It's complete. There's no, no problems. There's no issues. Everything works according to how God originally ordained it. You can't say that about the natural world. The only problem with getting the realm of the spirit to operate in the natural is that when you come into the natural where sin is, it gets resistance. Amen? It's just like, you know, I said like shadow boxing. Now, you know, I used to box many, many years ago. I can get in the mirror now. I look pretty good. Man. Woo, 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 go, you go, you go, E.W., you go. But let me get in the ring with somebody who can fight. I might not look so good then. So, so in, in, in the natural world, there's resistance. You can't, you can say, well, I prayed and asked God, why didn't anything happen? The devil's trying to fight you. So now you gotta, in other words, you gotta up your game. You got to realize that you got an enemy in the ring with you. You got to realize that he's going to try to convince you that you're already defeated and get you to lay down. And you just got to step up that much harder and say, no, I know, I know I've already won. I, why would I back down when I know I've already won? Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's the law of prosperity. This is a law. And you know the scripture. Go to Luke 6.38. I want you to read it for yourself and be reminded of it. Luke 6.38. This is the law of prosperity. Saints, this is how you prosper in the kingdom of God. This is how it's done. And people get hung up. Well, let's just read the scripture. Luke 6, 38, read it with me. It says, give and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now that's a spiritual law. It'll work for anybody who puts it to work. But it is meant for the children of God. Now people in the world, this is what Jesus was saying. You know the children of this world are wiser in their way than the children of light. You know what, what people, they, there's, the world is so rebellious against God that they won't call it the principle of reaping and sowing, they call it karma. That's karma. And I just feel like slapping that karma right out of their mouth. I mean, karma. In other words, you, you, here you are, the Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. They don't want to hear that. If you say that, well, you know, that's very religious. Well, karma is a religious word out of the Eastern religious systems. But, it's, but, but, but what we're talking about is based on God, the supreme being, having, having ordered a moral universe. See, they like to use the word karma because then you know there's no God involved. You know, well, you know the universe obviously saw. Universe ain't seeing nothing. It ain't nothing but rocks and dirt and stuff out there that's all been polluted because of Adam's sin. It's all gonna get cleaned up, but believe me, it's, it's, not, it's not looking at you. And when the stars are in alignment, no, they ain't lighting up for you and nobody else. Anything but God, anything but the word. But see, they'll take principles of the word and put those into practice. And guess what? Even for unsaved people, those principles will work. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to get saved. It doesn't mean they'll work with the same level of efficiency that a child of God can work them because we're doing it through what we know is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? But the, but the law will still work. So if you want to prosper, there's your answer. Give and it will be given to you. So in other words, if you, don't, if you don't have but $10 to your name, you say, man, I can't give. That's no way. I ain't got but $10. You know what you ought to do? You ought to give the whole 10. Because you ain't got nothing. So you ought to just give the whole 10. You ought to say, say, Lord, this is all I got, but here it is. And watch it come back. Watch it come. I mean, because look, God knows where you are. If you're down to $10, you know, God's not sitting there now, let me see now, uh, can they go another month? Uh, can they go? No, God knows what your circumstance is right away. Right away. I've seen it happen in people's lives. I've seen it happen in my own life where you get almost just instantaneous response from God. Amen? Amen. Because you ain't doing God no favor. You got $9, you take, you take 10 cents and say, well, I'll be down to $9.90, but I'm going to give God this dime. I don't care what nobody says. And you, and you think God's going to pat you on the back for that? No, put some faith into it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the key, saints. This is the key for supernatural prosperity to come your way. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You know this, these verses. We read them all the time. We read them in our offering. But let's, let's take... Let's take, a, a, here again, a fresh look at them. We just took a fresh look at the parable uh, of, of, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, the, the birds and the lilies. So now you see that Jesus in the context in Luke is specifically talking about what you do with money. Now let's look at this. It says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8 says, 
But this I say, he who sows so sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Okay, now stop right there. So not only will you reap what you sow, but you're going to reap at the level at which you sow. So you say, well, I'm going to sow, but you sow very little, you're going to reap very little.